Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you given any thought to how much sin and heartache God has kept you from in the past or keeps you from on a daily basis? This is a big part of the unseen world, and we will never know this side of heaven how much God restrains evil in the world or in the lives of His people. We should thank Him for that. In Genesis chapter 20, Abraham has a major lapse of faith, and God restrains an unbelieving man for the benefit of Abraham and his wife. We pray this account helps you see God's protective hand in your life. Here's Pastor Jim in part two of his message, When Our Faith Goes Backwards. Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul said this in verse 18 and 19, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, another version says sinful nature, nothing good dwells, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. The English Standard Version translates that this way, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Verse 19, for the good that I will to do, I want to do good, he says, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, I will not to do, or I don't want to do, that I practice. I, he says, I keep on doing it. And so the Lord is constantly conforming us into the image of Jesus Christ. That's why we can never come off as better than anybody else. We said in a previous study that godly people are more aware of their sin than ungodly people. And that is not to, make, to beat you down. That is to make us see how much more we need Jesus and it is to humble us and teach us to rely on him. So while Abraham is messing up, he's just handed off his wife to Abimelech, God shows up. Look at verse three. But God came to Abimelech in a dream at night, or by night, and said to him, indeed, you are a dead man. Ooh. <laughs> Another version says, you are about to die. Because the woman whom you have taken, uh, for she is a man's wife. Just a quick show of hands for those of you here and here at home. If God appeared to you in a dream and told you a dead man, how many of you would find that a little scary? Just, just a, quick, <laughs> a quick show of hands. Um, I, I think I would be sufficiently terrified. Sufficiently terrified. Even if I had that dream and it wasn't God. It was just like I ate too much spicy food or something like that. Uh, I, I, would be, I would be absolutely terrified. And because, maybe because I know the Bible, Hebrews 10.31 says, this is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I don't care whether that's literally, whether that's you sense God's presence or you're dreaming and you wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, Verse four says, but Abimelech had not come near her and he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also or an innocent nation also? Maybe he knew what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah and it's like, we're not like those people. We heard what went down over there. We're not like them. Uh, Did he not say uh, to me, she is my sister and she even herself said he is my brother in the integrity of my heart. Another version says with a clear conscience and innocence of my hands, I have done this. So Abimelech has Sarah now and notice he doesn't question God's morality at all. A lot of people question God's morality. He doesn't question God's morality. He just says, I'm innocent. I didn't... I did take her. I thought it was the guy's sister, but nothing happened. I'm telling you, nothing happened. I didn't commit adultery. 
Now, this is an interesting thing, and I know it's a hurtful thing for people, so I don't, I don't mean to you know, make light of it, but, but deep down, most people, believer or unbeliever, knows that adultery is wrong. You say, can you prove that? I, I do have a little bit of a proof in it. I, you know, most of you know I've been a youth leader for many, many years, much longer than any of the kids that I have ever have in youth group have been alive now. And all of a sudden, you'll, you'll see some girl, and she's like this. And I'm like, what's the matter? And she'll be like, I'm mad. And I'm like, what happened? She goes, well, my boyfriend. I'm like, oh, you have a boyfriend. This is great. My boyfriend cheated on me. And I'm like, what did he do? He held another girl's hand. <laughs> so even middle school kids know that that's wrong. Even they know it's wrong. So Abimelech admits his guilt that he took her, but he says he had no idea that it was a man's wife. But notice this. He knows God is just. He appeals to the justice of God. It's almost like he read chapter 18. So he asked God, will you judge the people because of me? God, you're going to kill me, but you know the ramifications that's going to have on people. And in a sense... That's the gospel. You see, all of our sins were placed upon Jesus, so all who would turn to him and put their trust in him, Jesus would be judged as if he had lived our life. And yet, because we get his righteousness, we are judged as if we have lived his life, his perfect life. Something else here, if you're you're not a follower of Jesus, I just want to tell you this, like Abimelech, God wants to speak to you. God wants to reveal himself to you. Whenever I'm getting a message ready or, or before I come out here, I always say, God, I know that I'm just going to just go on and on and on and talking to people. And to some people, it's going to be like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. But Lord, I really want you to talk to people. So, so if you're not a follower of Jesus, could God speak to you? Well, it tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, after Jesus ascended into heaven, he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, Jesus whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. Some of your versions say universe. And so what happens? God wants to meet you today, my not yet believing friend. And he calls you to come to the foot of the cross and to meet him because he not only died there, but he rose from the dead. Let's go to verse six here. And God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you or kept you from sinning against, sinning against me, That's very important, sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, and the idea is as soon as possible, restore the man's wife for he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. Now, this verse is incredibly interesting. In this verse, he says, God says to Abimelech, You took her to be part of your harem, and my restraining hand kept you from sinning against 
me. Now, this is something we don't know. How much does God's restraining hand work in this world? We have absolutely no idea. People say to me sometimes, it can't get any worse than this. First of all, it has been worse than this. Second off, this is what I say. What if God does this? Whoop. <laughs> My glasses, whoop, right, right? And he does that with the world. Better not step on them. Those are my $1.50 Amazon specials. <laughs> so, so, yes, I'm that cheap. So what if, God, what if God just lets go? So we have no idea how much he is restraining the world. And notice what he says. I kept you from sinning against me, he says. He doesn't say against Sarah. He doesn't say against Abraham. He says against me. This is one of those big Bible surprises when it tells us that all of our sin is against God. And surprise of surprises. Do you think there's a lot of sin in the world? So you think there's a lot of sin against God in the world? To me, a bigger surprise is he still loves the world. <laughs> that he gave his only son for the world. I, those are two things I'm like... I, I'm sorry, God, I know that I can tell people this and I know I can understand this in my brain, but if I'm really honest, it just doesn't compute. The data going into the computer just doesn't, just, just doesn't seem to work. And, and when you hear this, that's why we look at Romans 7 that we just read about doing the things we don't want to do and we're not overly confident. And I would invite you, as I often do pray myself, that when temptation comes for you, notice I didn't say if temptation comes for you. I said when temptation comes for you. Pray, and I, you, I would pray this daily. You know, Jesus said, lead me not into temptation, we pray. Pray that God would restrain you. In fact, maybe today, or whenever you're watching this or at home or something like that, maybe today, and I did this for a little while, Friday afternoon. Maybe just grab a moment with the Lord today and thank the Lord for the silent, restraining moments in your life that you have no idea he has done for you. Absolutely none. I mean, it, it, could, it could be, you know, you, you were crossing the street one time and... and Somebody was texting on their phone and God had them look right up to hit the brakes and not run you over. Oh, who knows what it could be? You see, friends, I think in this passage, God wants us to, to see his grace. He said this to, to Abraham, Genesis 15, 1, Do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. God had promised Abraham a son, yet Abraham lies and a pagan king takes his wife. Yet God is so faithful to make sure that that pagan king is not going to lay a hand on her. Now, sometimes that doesn't work that way. And there's plenty of people in the Bible. Some of the people were sawn in two. That's why we live with the hope of the next life. So what is the Lord faithful to? He's faithful to the promises that he makes to us in his word. 
And he's faithful to us with these promises, even when we forget those promises. And I hold on to that for our church virtually every day of my life. As I keep reading, get people emailing me things, and I keep reading these different blog posts and stuff like that, and, and I keep talking with people who I know who once walked with the Lord, who are less faithful now than they were before. The more you take the word of God out of the churches, the, the more the churches are going to weaken that the Lord's promises still stand. And I keep standing on that. And God, in verse 7, he says, I'm going to return the man's wife to you, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. So what happens here? Abimelech's life, we could use it as a picture of Jesus. Again, his salvation depends upon God's chosen mediator, who is Abraham, to pray for him. Interesting that that God would still use Abraham even though he has sinned against God. How much more Jesus who never sinned. So once again, we see the gospel. We sin against God. We make fun of Jesus. I mean, you at home, you sitting here, how many of you were once a person who mocked out Jesus and all of his followers? Yeah. I remember people telling me when they were younger, we'll pray for you. I was like, you do that. (laughs) Yeah. And one of them wrote me, I heard you're a pastor. I'm like, I know. (laughs) I know. Yet Jesus dies on the cross and offers the forgiveness of sins and eternal life for simply turning from our sins to God and putting our trust in him. Verse 8, so Abimelech rose early in the morning. So notice what he does. He does. A a lot of the guys in the Bible are taking their time. Remember what it was like to try and get Lot out of Sodom? Abimelech's like, God's going to kill me, man. I got to get on this thing. So Abimelech rose early in the morning, great example to us, called all of his servants and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. So they're afraid too. He's now an evangelist for the fear of the Lord. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, now check this out. If this has happened to you, this has happened to me, this is about as embarrassing as it gets. When someone who is a complete pagan rebukes you for the way you're living and tells you how self-centered you are, that you only care about yourself that you don't care about people, that you don't love people, that your faith is phony. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, what have you done to us? Have I offended you that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Ouch, ouch. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, what did you have in view? Some of your versions say, what was your reason? Some of your versions say, what did you intend? We would just say, what the heck were you thinking? (laughs) Then Abimelech said to Abraham, what have you in view that you have done this thing? So now let's watch Abraham try to explain himself. Now, what should you do when this happens? Admit it. Say you're sorry. Ask God for forgiveness. And move on. 
try to fix it right with the person. But watch what he does. Remember, his theology hasn't changed. He still believes in God, but he's trying to what? Squirm his way out of it. And Abraham said, because I thought, there it is right there. Because I thought. An uninformed biblical thinking. Because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. So, so what is he saying? First off, he says, well, I, I, know, I thought the fear of God wasn't in this place. You know what some people would take that as? I think I'm better than you. You know, a lot of times when people talk to people who are not followers of Jesus, if you're not careful, we can come across, instead of people who are in the line with the sinners, even Jesus got in the line with the people being baptized by John the Baptist, not us, you get in the line, Jesus, not me. I'm a Christian. Okay? So, so he doesn't even want to get in the line with the sinners. So a lot of times people will, if we're not open and honest, they'll actually think, we think that we're better than them. If you do, something's really wrong. So Abraham says to them, um, You see, here's the deal. This is like take foot in certain mouth. I was afraid of you because you're not afraid of God. What's he doing? He's blaming them for his lack of faith. I was, I lost my faith because you don't have any. That's what we call in counseling blame shifting. Why do you do that? Her. Do marriage counseling. Man and wife, husband and wife sit there. I usually start with people. I go, I'll give you five minutes to air your grievances. Husband, I'll usually start with the wife. What's wrong with your marriage? Him. Okay, husband, what's wrong with your marriage? Her. (laughs) Well, we're done. (laughs) done. No, it's communication, Pastor Jim. Okay, well, how do you feel about him? I hate him. That's good communication. It's really good. It's really good. He's blame shifting. He's blaming the whole thing on, on, on them. But indeed, she truly is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. Now, that's not always entirely clear from the Bible, but let's just say, okay. And you're like, this is disgusting. This was before God told Moses there would be no more of this. Now, you say, how, how could this be? And just, you can check this out on your own time. Uh, what happened over time was when sin came into the world, it sort of put the world in this cataclysmic thing. And the gene pool, sin brought sickness and death, the gene pool became corrupted over time. And it reached a point in time where they couldn't do that anymore. When there's only a few people on the earth, there was nowhere else, you, there was difficult to find someone. Verse 13, and it came to pass when God, now let me just stop here for one second. The translators are being very, very kind to Abraham here. Very, very kind, but in a way too kind. 
When he says, our translation says, and it came to pass when God, literally Abraham said, when the gods caused me to wander. Little g, punk gods, plural. Can I quote that great, great theologian, Charlie Brown? Ugh! He is talking to a pagan like he is a pagan. He's like, well, you know all the gods you all worship. Well, your gods caused me to wander. Is that a good, is that a good testimony, a good witness to, to who God is? So he says, when they caused me to wander from my father's house, that I said to her, this is your kindness that you should do for me in every place where we go. Say of me, he is my brother. So, so, so what is this strategy that they've had for 25 or 30 years now? You think they would have dumped it. We only see it happening twice. Who knows how many times it's happened? And, and, and it probably goes something like this. You know, honey, if you really love me, if you really love me, you will tell everybody that you're my sister, not my wife. Because if they want you as their wife, they'll, they'll kill me. That's, that was their strategy for all their traveling. Forget the fact that she would be taken into the harem. And this is, this is amazing. The whole thing to me, his answers here in verse 11 through 13 is amazing. The unbelievers are terrified and Abraham is making excuses. Abraham is self-justifying. Abraham is blame shifting. And so God takes Abimelech and uses him to rebuke Abraham, the father of many nations, the great man of faith. Abraham says, I don't think the fear of God is in this place. It is. It's just not in Abraham. (laughs) It's in the other people. See, Abraham needs to do what we need to do in a time like this. We need to remind ourselves of the promises of God and lovingly share those promises with others. Friends, this may seem odd to you. This may seem very odd to you, but I think that right now it is entirely possible that we may come to find out in the future or now if we want to grab it, when we have to grab it one person at a time, that we may be living in an absolutely unprecedented time to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But not if we're complaining but not if we're whining and griping about everything. Ooh, I want to be a whiner and a griper just like you. Yes, yeah, give me more of that Jesus, bro. No. We are the people who should be most of all filled with hope. We are the people who serves the God who raises the dead. We are the people who have the answers for so much of what, what is ailing people right now. Fear, loneliness, not knowing what's next. We may not have the answers for those things, but we have the promises of God on all of those things. But that's going to require that in those moments, we don't forget our theology in our life. We have to mix them together. 
It's very important. It's very important. It's also going to require a lot of integrity that we become more like Jesus. What do you mean by that? And like, why are you getting all hyped up about this? I'm so passionate about this. I think we are on the cusp of the ability to see people coming to Christ in droves or people rejecting him and, and, and putting nails in the coffin of their, of their faith. We're going to have to stop, stop treating people who are different than us as the enemy. And if you need some inspiration for that, just keep reading the Gospels over and over and over again. And watch Jesus. We're going to have to become more relational. The apologetic, if you know what that is, the defense of the faith facts that worked in the 1990s and the little early 2000s, people are not interested in that. They're not interested in that. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there, too, if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.